little church family. This is uh, Ezra chapter 3, part 4. Uh, and just a way of refresher for uh, the, uh, the study we've been going through this week. We talked about how true worship uh, is defined uh, by God. Uh, and that uh, by that we mean that he sets parameters on what we need to do in order to worship and please him. And the reason why that is is because he is one who, des- who, de- who decides what honors him and what's pleasing to him. And we see that in um, verse 1 to 7 of chapter 3, where uh, all of the sacrifices were done according to the word of God. And remember my application point for that is that uh, we too, in our uh, in our lives, need to match up with what scripture tells us, although we're not priests. Uh, per se, we are a kingdom of priests. Well, we're, we're not the priests in the Old Testament sense, but we are priests in the sense of that we offer our lives as a, as a living sacrifice. Uh, so all that we do needs to reflect uh, what God expects of us. Um, and we talked about how there was a, a corporate aspect of worship as well, when we practice the one another's, when we do the ordinances, when we do church discipline, when we gather, when we sing praises, when we give. All of these things are part of of, of, of our worship to Him, because this is the uh, this is the expectation that God has for his people. Uh, then we talk about how worship is exclusive. We talk about how in verse 8 and 9 we see how these people, the Israelites, when they went back and they were rebuilding the temple, or they started to build the temple, uh, they, they devoted themselves to the work of the house of the Lord. It was uh, made exclusively for God because he is the only God that is um, that is real. He's the only God that's true. And this is a, a shown of, uh, a mark of repentance for the Israelite people because, um, uh, 70 years or so or more before this event, they were worshiping other gods. They were, uh, they had all of these other idols in their lives and then they placed their trust in those idols. And the result of that is what plunged the entire nation into exile. Now the, the remnants that return, uh, they've repented of that sin. They've turned, um, and now they're worshiping the one true God. All the things that they've done, are they are doing, they have done, are, are devoted to him uh, and for his glory. Uh, today we're going to talk about how true worship is, a, is centered around God. And now this sounds similar to the first two points, and you understand that Yes, all true worship is about God, it's exclusive, and it's around God, because it's true, there's, there's, a, there's a repeating, a repeated point in that everything that we do, all of the, the worship that we do, it must be um, uh, centered and it must be directed to God. In chapter t- uh, 3, verse 10 and 11, um, we see how, I'll just, I'll just read it. Now when the builders had laid the foundation to the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with the trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, symbols to praise the Lord according to the direction of King David of Israel. They sang praises and giving thanks to him, saying, For he is good, for his loving kindness is upon Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was made. And what's interesting, as I said earlier in the week, that this is Psalm 100. They're singing a song of, of basically of creation, how God created everything and how we're made to worship him. And what a fitting psalm it is for them when they start the temple, or restart the, or rebuild the temple, uh, that the first thing they sing about is uh, is how God is the supreme one, as the one who created all things. <clears throat> and really, where man is supposed to be in terms of, in light of who God is, that we're supposed to be worshiping him. Uh, 
verse 12, yet many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the father's household, the old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of his house was laid before their eyes, while many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the shout of joy from the sound of weeping of the people, for the people shouted with a loud shout, and the, and the shout was heard far away. Um, and it's interesting because these last two verses just shows that there are people crying and there are people rejoicing. Israel has both. For those that are weeping, they realize how far they've fallen from uh, what they were. This temple, although it's great in the sense that they get to redo everything, it's troubling for them because they realize uh, how uh, it isn't as great as it was before. You know, it was only a shadow of what it was like before. Though they're thankful, uh, they're remorseful at the same time. Uh, they're, they're weeping over the fact that um, they, they can no longer have what they used to have. And it's all to due to their own sin. Um, that, you know, the, the older generation that was watching this at see the Temple, they remember it's because it's their sin that brought them into exile. Their unfaithfulness is what brought them out of the land and how they lost the first temple. Uh, so they weep, uh, and this, I think this is what we call a godly sorrow. They were broken over their sin uh, because of, they've seen how much damage that they've done by being unfaithful to the Lord. At the same time, there's also a group of people that are rejoicing. They're rejoicing because they see the faithfulness of God. Uh, they see how God promised that um, through uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah, how uh, they will they will be exiled and they'll be brought back 70 years and exactly uh, all the God's word is fulfilled. And now they get to see uh, and are really part of God's uh, in God's plan in history as they get to rebuild the temple. So these people are rejoicing. So there's, you know, in this mixed crowd, there are people there that are, that are rejoicing. There's those that are weeping. And, uh, and in some sense, both are looking biblically at their at the current situation. Uh, both of them are looking at them and they're seeing God's faithfulness in light of their own sin. Uh, they're seeing God for who he is. It's centered around who God is. And um, one has an accurate view of man, the other has an accurate view of God. And this is how worship must be. Even in our church today, when we worship the Lord, and on Sunday, even when we're listening to uh, all the sermons uh, live stream now, it's centered around who God is, having a right view of who God is and what man is. Uh, worship service is filled with both. It's filled with people that are broken over their sin when they realize how uh, wretched they are and how God delivered them from their sin. Um, at the same time, this place filled with rejoicing, knowing that Christ died for our sins. So church should have both of these feelings. We should be uh, people that are the most humbled and broken because we are sinners, but we're also the most joyful and singing uh, praises to the Lord because uh, we are grateful for salvation. True worship centers around all that God is, uh, all that's revealed in Scripture about the Lord. And this is what it means um, for people to have both, you know, in, in the context of uh, in the church service, why there's both um, rejoicing and tears. Um, but at the same time, we understand when we go to church, um, church isn't about you. Uh, it involves us, all of us, but it, it, it isn't focused around us. Uh, we are not the main focus, even though we attend <clears throat> the church services, even though we uh, uh, listen to the live streams. It's not truly about us. It's mainly about who it is mainly about the Lord. We we're, um, we go to these services. We hear the Bible studies. We do all these things because it forces us to look to him. Uh, when we uh, 
And you have to understand, when we go to God, we go to church, really, we're not actually offering anything to him as if God needed anything. God doesn't need anything. Um, when we give uh, our, our resources and time to the Lord, it's not like God somehow needs these things. Um, these are all just an expression of what the Lord has done in our heart. In fact, when we go to church, and when we will return back to church one day, um, we have a right view of what church is. It's actually mainly for us. In the sense that we worship the Lord and it actually gives, it gives a blessing to us. It's a blessing to us when we, um, when we hear God's words preach. <clears throat> we are then instructed in how we can walk, uh, in the spirit, how we can, um, be equipped to do ministry, how we can in, be encouraged to follow the Lord more, how we can, are convicted with our sin. Every time we hear God's word, it, it, it changes us to be more like a son. Uh, when we give to the church, when we we're giving offerings to the Lord, it's a, it's expression of our thankfulness, uh, of God's faithfulness to us, uh, how God has uh, given us our daily bread, has sustained us, and we give uh, back, not necessarily even because He needs it, but it's a way to even to partnership with um, the church and the, and even all the missionaries that that we're supporting. We get to uh, come alongside all of these different. Uh, ministers all over the world. And we, and scripture tells us to invest in things of eternal things. We even get um, heavenly rewards for doing things like that. We sing to the Lord. Uh, it's again, an expression of our grateful, of our, of a grateful heart. When we, when we sing to him, uh, we're, we're singing the truth of scripture. Um, and, and, and it, it, it encourages us. It makes us uh, want to continue to walk faithfully. We fellowship with one another. That's you know when we're sharpening iron, sharpening iron. We're encouraging, confessing sin. We're fellowshipping. We're serving each other. Um, these are all the things that um, that we get as a blessing uh, when we submit to God's word. Um, as we worship God the way that He expects us to worship Him, uh, we will grow in Christ likeness and we will glorify Him. You can't expect to do that. You can't expect to. Um, to worship him on your own terms and expect uh, to be joyful. Um, you can't expect uh, to do that if you worship God, if you're trying to worship God on your own terms. But if, you, if you're faithful to him, if you don't compromise in the way that we think about him and think of uh, the way that we do church, um, then you will be blessed by the Lord. Uh, you'll feel joy. And we must always strive for faithfulness when we think about worship. When we think about worshiping him on Sunday, when we think about even worship on Friday or whenever we have like a any time a church function thing in our life, uh, we should see it as a as a center as a centers around who God is. Worship is centered around all uh, is always centered about who God is, and we are called to walk faithfully. And the result of that is joy. When we are walking faithfully with the Lord, when we do the, the church ordinances, when we do all the things that God expects, uh, we feel a sense of joy because that's how we're. That's how God made us. God, as I said earlier this week, that God designed us for worship. God made Adam and Eve with a particular purpose to worship him. And in their faithfulness of worshiping the one true God, they feel fulfilled and feel joyful. That's how we should be, too. We're built with the same purpose, that we're made in the image of God so that we can reflect who God is. And when we live and do what God uh, expects us to do, when we live in the parameters of, of Scripture, uh what we will find is that we will delight in God more, and in, in, in doing so, we get to enjoy the life that we have in this life and with and in the next. Um, when we go to church, whenever we do worship together, although it is imperfect, it's a foretaste of what is to come. 
Oh, we get to be with Christ forever and ever. Uh, we in heaven we'll still be singing songs. Uh, we won't be offering any sacrifices, um, but we will cast our crowns. Uh, we will uh, cast our crowns uh, the lowest feet to you know, to the Lord. Um, we won't be doing. We won't be needing any communion anymore because we can. Uh, I mean, we won't be communion in the sense of like doing a meal to remember what Christ has done. But we will actually have a meal with our Savior. Um, We'll be fellowshipping with one another, uh, and we'll be, uh, we won't be needing any like teaching of God's word because we get to f- talk to God directly. Um, we won't have any uh, theological debates. Whatever God says, it'll be completely clear, and we'll understand it. All the mysteries of Scripture will be done away with. Um, these are some things that we can um, look forward to in heaven, but we get a foretaste of that today in our church services. Um, so we do it. If we do church in the way that God expects us to do church, then we can find true joy. And that true, that little joy that we have now is, is just, again, a foretaste of what the future has in store for us in all of eternity. Early on this week, I said that there are four things that we, uh, that true worship is. I said the first is true worship is defined by God. True worship is exclusive. True worship is centered around God. And lastly, true worship is shown by hatred from the world. And uh, we'll look at that. Um, actually, uh, well, hints, it's hinted at it in chapter three, verse um, three. Was it uh, that there were that the neighbors were terrified because of of what they were doing in the land when they were doing all the burnt offering? The neighbors were terrified. The people that were around uh, Jerusalem were were scared about what the Jews were doing because there's implications of what that means um, to the Gentile nations. And then and because of their faithfulness, uh, there's there will come opposition. It will see uh, all of that in chapter 4 of Ezra. I hope that this is uh, helpful, and I hope that as we go into worship this Sunday, that we that we set our hearts and mind around the Lord, uh, that we aren't there uh, for our own selfish gain, uh, but that when we fix our eyes on Christ and we worship him exclusively, we worship him according to Scripture, we'll, we'll get the benefits of of just being able to enjoy and be equipped to be able to serve him some more. And, and through that, we find our joy. Uh, all right, thanks. I uh, ho- hope you guys have a good day and have a blessed weekend. Take care. Bye.